Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are reading in Colossians. Now I am reading from the Amplified Bible. We are ready to read chapter 4. We read chapter 3, the end of our last session, and at the end of chapter 3, Paul was telling us as servants, which we all serve somebody in life, we all work for somebody, well, almost all of us, there's a very low percentage of people who doesn't who, who don't work for anyone. But anyway, just saying that servants, we should always, you know, do our best job, make sure we obey our, um, our masters, which would be those we work for, those we serve. We should make sure that we're putting forth our best effort and doing a good job for them. Now, that's the end of Colossians 3. Now, here we're going to start in Colossians 4. And the first thing in Colossians 4 really belonged and should have been the last thing in Colossians 3. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to be up front. That's, that's my firm belief. So let me tell you. Masters, on your part, deal with your slaves justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. Now that should have been the last thing <laughs> at the end of chapter 3. But for some reason, the way they broke this up that's 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 how they broke it so the very first part of chapter 4 really pertains back to chapter 3 now and you notice he says slaves but we can look at that as servants we can look at that as employees I mean really looking at it in today's terms um, now not that there are no slaves in the world there probably probably still are there have been slaves for thousands of years going back to the first time one village defeated another village and they enslaved each other you know I mean I'm not saying it's right ever I'm not saying that at all but I'm saying this has been a historical thing and you see it down through the Bible you see it in the old empires the Greek and Roman empires you see it it was just a thing and it it didn't matter what I'm okay look it didn't matter what skin color you were in those days you could be a slave if you were for some reason you know if your country was defeated say or if or for other reasons maybe you could be enslaved simply because you fell in hard times and you were destitute and to be a slave was was not necessarily the worst thing you could be now admittedly there were some people who were better to their slaves than others that's always the case too but nonetheless that's, you know, and I'm talking about in the olden days. I'm talking about thousands of years ago. We're not talking about a few hundred years ago, and we're not talking about in the U.S. That is its own situation, its own thing. I'm not trying to make any comparisons there or say anything about that. Um, that, too, was wrong. I mean, slavery, I mean, let's think about it. Slavery's wrong. Um, I can't think of a time when I would want to own another person or act like they were my property. It just kind of gives me the the bad, you know, heebie-jeebie things. But, um, but, you know, that is what happened. And as much as we don't like that today, we, we do need to at least remember our history and learn those lessons. It's always important that we learn those lessons and remember our history so we don't repeat those things, okay? But here, 
this last this this sentence really should have been the last of the previous chapter. Masters deal with your you know your slaves or employees justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. I, now I feel like for the most part, companies and corporations nowadays they don't really deal fairly with their employees anymore. I, I feel like if you went back a hundred years, there was a time. Now, if you go too far back, <laughs> there's a time when you were dealt with much worse. But there is a time, I feel like, probably back in, I don't know, 50, 50 to 70 years ago, where companies dealt with you a little more fairly. The, the people that owned and ran the companies tended to be tended to be families or people who were, they were legitimately concerned for their employees and for their community. So I think it was different in those days. Now corporations are so big and they're so spread out and the people who run them and are at the top, they don't, they've lost that connection. They don't have any connection to their workers, to their fellow people, and they're not in the same community. So they don't have that concern. And, and that's sad. I think that makes it hard they they would have to really try to have some care and feeling for their employees and i feel like a lot of that's been lost not not all of it not everybody but just you know so anyway but here paul's saying that if we are if we are the boss if we are uh the one with people working for us we need to make sure we deal with them justly and fairly and realize that you know we too, we serve God, and God is our is our master, and we want to be dealt with justly and fairly, and with mercy and grace. So maybe we should try to have a little bit of that too. All right, so now we're going to move on, and Paul is still talking about how we should be and how we should conduct ourselves, but he's moving on to a different, uh, I guess a slightly different idea. Be persistent and devoted to prayer. Being alert and focused in your prayer life with an attitude of thanksgiving. So, we should be devoted to prayer. We should be praying daily and be focused, you know, in, in praying for others, but also with an attitude of thanksgiving to God, thanking Him for all that He provides and has done for us. At the same time, pray for us too, and that would be Paul and you know his ministry, that God will open a door of opportunity to us for the word to proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I have been imprisoned, that I may make it clear and speak boldly and unfold the mystery in the way I should. Conduct yourself with wisdom in your interactions with outsiders, non-believers. Make the most of each opportunity, treating it as something precious. So, we should be wise when we are dealing with non-Christians. We should be careful in our dealings. I'm going to say careful. And we should, you know, try to make sure that we are acting according to the Lord's guidelines, act following God's word and making sure that we're dealing justly and fairly with everyone setting a correct example so that these you know these people who don't believe they'll see that and they'll know that and that's in every way that you deal with them when you talk to them when you have any dealings with them make sure that 
you know, you make the most of that opportunity to hopefully have some impact on them. And if you get a chance to speak to them about the Lord, do take it. But it's not that you're trying to push on them. It's just that you want to set that example. You kind of want to be that light shining out of the darkness that maybe you will catch their eye and draw them to the Lord. Let your speech at all times be gracious and pleasant, seasoned with salt, so that you will know how to answer each one who questions you. So, our speech should always be gracious and pleasant, seasoned with salt. I mean, we should should be seasoned with the Word. We should, you know, it should be following along with God's Word and, and what the Lord says. Just because we don't speak King James English doesn't mean we can't speak good things. And I believe, and I've been pushing to do this more and more, I believe we should definitely make sure that we're, you know, telling people, you know, God bless you. Now, you may think that's a small or silly thing, but I actually think it's important. We've lost that. We've lost that. People used to say that a lot more. Reminds people of God, and and it's a good thing. It's in a good way. And there's nothing wrong. If I say, God bless you, and you don't believe in God, well, that's not harmed you in any way. I'm, I'm wishing a good thing on you, or I'm speaking well to you. The same as if you had told me, you know, oh, have a good day. I hope you, you know, um, I don't know. <laughs> I can't think of any good examples, but you know what I mean. It's just saying... Something nice back to someone. And it's just wishing something well on them, or in this case, you know, asking God to bless them. I think it's important for another reason. God can bless them by hopefully, hopefully touching their heart, or hopefully, you know, just getting them a little interested in coming to God. So... You know, we're not saying God bless you in a facetious way or in a mean way at all. I don't, I don't even think of a way to do that. But it's a sincere, serious thing where I'm hoping God will bless them in their lives. And so I'm speaking that. And I believe that God does. I believe that God does honor prayers for people. And I think we pray for people and we tell them God bless you and we we just reinforce all that with those with God's word in those things, you know. Speak blessings on people. And that's a part of what's in the word too, is we should speak blessings on people. And two, he's talking about, you know, we should know how to answer each one when we're dealing with someone who's a non believer. And that answer could be possibly about the Lord. So we need to make sure we can provide an answer and a, a wise answer. And a lot of times, I'm going to say, when you first start speaking to someone, less is more. <laughs> because the more you try to get into stuff and give them a lot of details and a lot of stuff they don't understand, that's just going to be more confusing. So you're better off to start simply and give them the short, skinny version and then you can teach, you know, as you have opportunity, you can teach them or they can read the word and learn more as they go. And it'll, it'll make more sense that way. So just my thought on that. As to all my affairs, Tychicus, who is 
a much-loved brother and faithful assistant and fellow bondservant in the Lord, will give you all the information. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are doing and that he may encourage your hearts. And with him is, okay, Anisimus. I'm going to say Anisimus. That's the best I can do. Our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they will let you know everything about the situation here in Rome. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, wishes to be remembered to you, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And from Jesus, who is called Justice, there are the only... These are... Oh, oh I'm sorry. <clears throat> Pardon me. So, Aristarchus, Aristarchus, wished to be remembered to them, you know, mentioned to them, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, and also Jesus, who is called Justice. So it's like they were saying, you know, hello or welcome. I guess they're saying hello in a way, just saying, hey, you know. And uh, so, these are the only fellow workers for, for the kingdom of God who are from the circumcision. They're Jewish Christians, and they have proved to be an encouragement and a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you and a bondservant of Christ, Jesus, sends you greetings. He is always striving for you in his prayers, praying with genuine concern, pleading that you may, as people of character and courage, stand firm, spiritually mature, and fully assured in all the will of God. For I testify for him that he has worked strenuously for you and for the believers in Laodicea, 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 and those in Herapolis. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demos greet you. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha and the church that meets in her house. So there's a church meet, meeting in someone's house, and her name is Nympha. When this letter has been read among you, see that it is read in the church of the Laodiceans. Laodiceans? I'm having trouble with that. I'm sorry. And also that you, in turn, read my letter that is coming to you from Laodicea and say to Archippus, See to it that you fulfill carefully the duties of the ministry which you have received in the Lord. So here there's a lot of letters going around, going back and forth, and Paul is obviously prolifically <laughs> putting out these letters. There's, there's, I think there's a lot more letters than, than we have in our Bible. Now, I don't know how important they are. You'll notice that even a lot of these epistles repeat a lot of the same things. I personally don't think that's a bad thing, <laughs> but you'll see the same themes. You'll notice that Paul is teaching and elaborating on the same things that Jesus taught. He's not teaching anything contrary to that. So, and then finally, now this is the end of the letter. Paul closes, I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. May grace, God's unmerited favor and blessing be with you. Now, he says, remember my chains. Now, he was not in chains <laughs> in his arrest. His arrest was more of a house arrest. But he considered himself to be in chains to Jesus. He considered himself to be a slave of the Lord. 
and that's often how he spoke of himself, being a slave to the Lord, because he was the Lord's servant, and that's how he felt he should be thought of and remembered. So he's saying, remember my change, remember chains, not change, remember my chains, um, remember my services to the Lord. So that at least that is how I see that and understand that because that's how he refers to himself. And if I understood correctly about his arrest here in Rome, he's not really in chains in like a dungeon. He's more like in a house arrest situation and he's waiting for court. So, all right. So that is the end of Colossians 4, and that is the end of Colossians. So I do need to do a summary on this, um, being four chapters. It's not going to be too long. This chapter, for instance, here is um, pretty much um, he finishes up what he started in, in chapter 3, and then you know he goes into greetings and reminding them, of you know each other uh you know this this person's coming to you and this person's you know uh got that's going to have this letter for you and read these letters so and he does mention this one fellow uh, epaphras and says he's always striving for you in his prayers praying with genuine concern and that's that's important because it's good to know that someone is sincerely praying for you and that there is power in prayer and that it matters so all right so that is the end of colossians chapter four and of the the whole colossians letter so i will do a summary of this i'm going to do a briefer summary of this and uh, we will continue on to thessalonians so thank you very much for listening hope you have a wonderful day stay safe Look out for others, and remember, God loves you.